Hello and welcome back to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. My name's Randall. I'm an alcoholic and also your host. Maybe you haven't been keeping track, but I have, and this is episode 8. And today, I'm having breakfast with my friend Chris Y. He's a 51-year-old personal trainer with 8 years of sobriety and some of the most amazing stories you're ever going to hear. Pull up a chair, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and join us. Chris, welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. It's great to have you here. Good morning, Randall. Thanks for having me. Maybe you can introduce yourself, tell us who you are. Sure, my name is Chris. I'm 51 years old. Today, today is my birthday. Well, happy, happy birthday. Thank you, Randy. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, uh, sober eight and a half years. I'm a father, I'm a husband. Uh, pretty nice guy, you know? I, I, I have known you for a while. I agree, I think you're a very nice guy. How did you start drinking and using? I started drinking and using copious amount of drugs at 13. Wow. Um, so like a seventh grader? Yeah, I think seventh grade was the first time I smoked crack. Um, I needed some relief from the way that I felt yeah. about the world and the people in it. There was a lot of um, rage in my household. My core beliefs about myself is that, you know, I was uh, unworthy and unwanted and unlovable and not love. Pretty much dove right in at 13, right? It wasn't just drinking, it was... Cannonball. Three trips. Wow. I mean, when you're using like that in junior high, like where does it go? For me, it went um, within a year to homelessness, to my father trying to kill me, and uh, just like the most dire consequences, you know, like uh, shootings, slashings, overdoses, serious prison time. Yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah. How much time did you do? Close to 17 years. I would get released from prison. They would put me on the bus, headed into Port Authority. The bus would stop in some random town like Syracuse or whatever, <laughs> and I would get off the bus and find the liquor store. That's an addict. Not a second thought. That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, exactly what else what does an alcoholic do? do? I spent two months of an entire winter sleeping in a cardboard box yeah. on the steps of the 79th Street Workshop in right. the 90s. Losing my mind, smoking crack, and shooting heroin and drinking inside of a refrigerator box on the steps of a church every night. Right. Terrified that someone, someone was gonna find out that I was in there and light my box on fire. Well, okay, okay. so I, I, I've known you for a while and I've seen you in a lot of meetings and you have sure. some of the most amazing stories. All true. The shot in the face story is a great one. What happened? March 1994, I got a call about something that had happened, and so I showed up, and, and you know, it was an ambush. I was left for dead on the boardwalk in Coney Island. A close friend of mine shot me in the face. wasn't supposed to live, but I did, and they moved me, uh, rather than put me in Coney Island Hospital, they put me out in Staten Island, Bailey Seaton Hospital, and uh, I stayed in the hospital, you know, not even two days. My head was the size of a basketball, and uh, I left the hospital. I was on a Staten Island Ferry, March 1994. It was really cold. I would not forget that. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go drink and drug. Yeah. And, uh, you know, alcoholic insanity. So, like, when did you get sober? And how did that happen? My sobriety date is August 13th, 2013. I have eight and a half years now. Someone said to me, 
you know, if you just get sober, you could have a really beautiful life. And for the first time in my life, I heard it. Yeah. I heard it. I felt it. I knew it to be true. In that moment, I cannot explain that. For me, it's just God. That that was the moment of God's grace. So someone says, hey, you could have a beautiful life, and you start to believe that. The unacceptable became acceptable. The thing that they said or believed that they would never do, they went out and did it. Right. And they were like, oh, this is the bottom. This is the end. Everything was acceptable for me. Yeah. So if you cut my face open, if you stabbed me, if the judge sent me to prison for a, you know whatever amount of time, uh, whatever the consequences was, if I got beat up in the street by a bunch of guys with you know sticks and, 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 and brass knuckles, like whatever happened was my lot. That was my that was my belief of myself. I was filled with so much self-loathing that it was my belief that anything that was done to me, anything that happened to me, was completely acceptable. Right. Of course this happened to me. This is what I did. I deserve this. Right. right? I smoked crap when I was 13. I'm a bad kid. Of right. course I deserve this. And when that person said that if I got sober, I could have a really beautiful life, the acceptable became unacceptable. And I started on a journey that I had no idea where it was going. So what'd you do? Uh, well, at the time, I was on like 180 milligrams of methadone. So what did I do? I, I went to treatment. I stuck around for a while, and I and I and I and I really um, I got myself weaned down to a low dose of methadone, and I switched. I switched to Suboxone, and I just wanted to I wanted to get away from the methadone program. Now I had you know gotten so high and mighty that I was kicked out of treatment. And uh, now I was living in a three-quarter house out in Brooklyn, and uh, I was going to meetings every day. I was going to meetings every day. I wasn't getting the things that I thought I deserved and wanted right. as quickly as I believed I should. Um, and I became very willful. Uh, I wasn't working any steps, and I drank. And I blew my life up for two months straight. And I had a mental breakdown uh, on the corner of 96th Street and 2nd Avenue. I was... On the subway. August 12th of 2013. I was standing on the corner. And I just went and picked some stuff up, right? Like, like, a, like a, you know, package had just come in. And the package was two ounces of crystal meth, right? I had it in my backpack. Now, I was up. I was running. I was ripping and running for days. No sleep, no food for days. Completely out of my mind. And I had a head full of AA. It's right? <laughs> a weird yeah. combination. Head full of AA. Like, oh, I couldn't stop thinking about how good it was to be sober. It's like a backpack full of meth and a head full of AA. It's oh like a country goodness. and western song. It's crazy. <laughs> Get the guitar. I'll sing it. <laughs> so here I am. I'm on 96th Street and 2nd Avenue. Uh, I got all kinds of stuff on me in this bag. And, uh, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Just couldn't do it anymore. So hot, the sun was beaming down, and I'm standing there. There was a 7-Eleven there at the same time, and a scaffolding over it. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking up at the sky, and I'm screaming at God. Broad daylight. God, you gotta come get me. Take me. I can't do this. I can't do this. Just come get me. And really, 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 truly believed 
almost like in a hallucinatory way that the hand of God was going to come out of the clouds and lift me up into heaven because I could not do it. God did not come that day, okay? Now I'm standing there yelling into the hole in the ground at the devil. Satan, you got to come get me. I can't do this. And now I'm thinking like Lucifer's going to hop up with his tail and his horns and flames and he's going to take me down into hell with him because this is where I really belong anyway. How did I fuck this up, right? And uh, so Lucifer didn't come. God didn't come. The fire truck came. The ambulance came. There's a lunatic on 96th Street screaming into a hole in the ground, right? The the fireman is like, come on, buddy, get in the ambulance. And the EMT is like, come on, buddy, get in the ambulance. I'm like, no, I'm not getting in the ambulance. Now the cops roll up, right? Cops from the 19th precinct who have been arresting me for my whole life. So the cop comes over. Oh, listen, I'm 112 pounds. This cop has me up in the air by my belt. He's yeah. shaking me around to see what's going to fall out, right? Nothing falls out. Now he grabs my backpack. And in that moment, I am struck sober. In that moment, right? Because I know I have five felony convictions. I know I'm going away for a really long time. I fucked this up, right? Randy, there was nothing in the bag. There was no drugs in the bag. Now you could say, uh, well, you never really had the drugs, you lost the drugs, you dropped the drugs. Um, You could say whatever you want to say. Those fucking drugs were in that bag. Maybe that cop took them, I don't know. Whatever happened to those drugs is divine intervention. You didn't go to prison. I did not go to prison. I went to (laughs) detox. I went to detox. From detox, I went to rehab. From rehab, I went back to a halfway house in Brooklyn. From the halfway house in Brooklyn, I went to the the bedroom that my son lived in in my mother's apartment on an air mattress. From that air mattress on my mother's apartment, I went into my first apartment that I ever signed my name on a lease in my life. And since since then, like my life has incrementally got better. I can do this. Anyone can do this. Somehow the things that are supposed to happen generally do happen. That's kind of what I've learned. Are you ready for the alcoholic lightning round? Absolutely not, but let's do it. Cool. We're going to put 30 seconds on the timer. Are you ready for this? Superpower if you had one. It's the one I have, dude. It's authenticity. When they make the movie Breakfast with an Alcoholic, who do you think should play you? Come on. You just said I was handsome and youthful, so I'm going to play myself. (laughs) Do you believe in ghosts? I do. Three words people would use to describe you. Authentic, vulnerable, and aggressive. Love that. Best song by the band Wang Chung. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. And that is it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chris, it was great. Wait, this was breakfast. You owe me well, dinner okay. too? It doesn't, winner, breakfast doesn't rhyme with winner. I don't, when you come with a rhyme for breakfast, we'll do that one. But for now, this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you Real so pleasure. much. No, thank, thank you, you so much. much. I'm going to be smiling all day about this. Me too. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed another edition of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I know I did. We'll be back next week with another great breakfast, and you know I'm already excited, not just because I love pancakes. I know it's Alcoholic Anonymous, but it's completely cool if you want to tell your friends about us. Go ahead and hit the share button right now. I'll wait. Cool. 
You can find the daily gratitude lists on Twitter and Instagram at thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share. And if you go to thanksforlettingmeshare.substack.com, you can find the daily gratitude lists, all the episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes for all the episodes, the official discography, and there's so much more. The really great news, you can subscribe right now for free. Or you can subscribe tomorrow for free too. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. You can say something in the comments or on Twitter or even send an old-fashioned email. And if you listen to this and think you might need help or just want to learn more, nyintergroup.org is a complete listing of AA resources here in New York. And there's one of those for every state and most countries. And you can always get in touch with us here and we'll do our best to point you in the right direction. So, be well, stay groovy, call your sponsor, and join us next week for another edition of Breakfast with an Alcoholic.